When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily. Available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Okay, welcome back to Purple Daily. Matthew Collar with you as always. If you missed any of the show so far, our hour with Myron Metcalf, make sure you go check that out wherever you find your podcast. Just type in Purple Daily and you will find it. Now joining us on the show, Seren Petro from Sports Radio 810 in Kansas City. What's going on, Seren? Uh, just getting ready for a uh, big Chiefs uh, weekend. Uh, open the Chiefs. Can I get uh, maybe a similar performance to what they had against the Packers, but get the win this time? Okay, you called it big. I want to know how big it is there, because here, a lot of people are looking at this game. Matt Moore, Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't matter. It's Andy Reid, it's the Chiefs, it's Arrowhead Stadium. They're looking at it as a measuring stick type of game for this Minnesota Vikings team, which has won four in a row, but the four wins are against teams that have either struggled or had very poor defenses. And I know Kansas City doesn't have the best defense, but uh, I think this looks like an opportunity to win a shootout in a tough environment and prove you're something so what does it mean over there in Kansas City uh, to go against the Vikings this week you know and, and and that's and that's maybe where the importance of the game gets lost uh, on the fans because so much of the conversation is about the health of Patrick Holmes is he or is he not going to play the Chiefs Andy Reid specifically really only Andy Reid uh, fuels that fire by, you know, having Patrick Mahomes out there practicing. I don't know how much he actually did. You know, cameras can roll for the first five or ten minutes, but that became the storyline. Oh, Patrick Mahomes is out there. Is he going to play? I don't think there was ever any chance uh, he was going to play last week. And frankly, I don't think he'll play this week. I think he'll do more in practice. But that's where all Chiefs fans' focus is. And I had a real fear that they would come flat because that was where all the attention was. Is Mahomes going to play? You know, in a lot of ways, he's become bigger than the whole team. And was this one where it would either provide, you know, maybe cover uh, for a team to prepare and give a great effort against the Packers, or would they come flat because everyone's focus, even in the organization, is on Mahomes. And in reality, after a very slow start, uh, they got things going and, and went toe-to-toe with the Packers with basically a third-string quarterback. So this week, I think there is a little bit more focus on the game. It's still the sidebar to whether or not Mahomes is going to play, but there's a feeling that, okay, this team can go out and win with Matt Moore, and the Vikings are a very good football team, but the Chiefs have a chance to win it. So I don't know that it's a measuring stick. Chiefs fans feel like this is a good team, not not for beating the, 
Jags or Raiders or Lions or even a dismal Bronco team in Denver on, on a Thursday night. They got to win against the Ravens, which makes them feel like they're pretty good. So I don't think it's the same kind of measuring stick. But I think there is a feeling that, and I think there would have been more urgency had the Raiders not lost last week. Um, that that kept them a game and a half back of the Chiefs. So Chiefs fans feel like they've got a cushion here, but they definitely want to get things going in the right direction. And and there is a little bit of confidence that they can win even if they don't have Mahomes on the field. So is the general feeling about Mahomes' health um, there from everyone outside of the team that you'd like to see Mahomes sit another week, another two weeks, make sure he's 100%? Because, I mean, this guy is the future of your franchise. You don't want to take any risks with that knee. And we know that NFL teams like to push the envelope a little bit. Uh, Here in Minnesota, we saw the Vikings put Sam Bradford out on the field in a game against Chicago a few years ago where it was pretty clear that he shouldn't have been out there and he did not play again for the Minnesota Vikings after that. Um, You do not want that situation with Patrick Mahomes, right? No, you don't. And actually, I think that's where the fans are. I think there's as many people clamoring for why is this guy playing? Listen, I've probably taken as many calls from people saying don't play him the rest of the year <laughs> as I have from people saying you got to get him out there. I mean, uh, now those are the, the extremes. The rest of it is a, is a debate in the middle where reality lies of if he's ready, we want him to play. You know, for me, I think the, the bigger issue Listen, the, the Chiefs are saying that, you know, is the best case scenario. We really dodged a bullet from the medical people I've talked to. He's going to need surgery, right? You can put it off. You can brace up the knee and, you know, what braces can provide 80, 90% of the stability that healthy ligaments would. And he can go out there and play, but that knee's not going to be 100% until he gets surgery at the end of the year. Uh, Matt Stafford was one that was pointed out to me that he missed three games, came back, played. Uh, with a brace and then had the surgery at the end of the year. And I think that's the similar kind of thing you're looking to, although I do think for the people I've talked to and, and the people that I trust who get good information that are reporting things, the game the following week at Tennessee is where he'll be back. But if I were in charge of it, I, I, w- I would say we can't put this guy out there till at least one of his legs is healthy. The other part yeah. is that he's had that sprained ankle, and you can't favor two legs. So I think it might be as much about getting the left ankle healthy uh, as it is getting the knee healthy. One of the legs needs to be 100% so that you can then favor the other one. So it is a little more complex than just the knee injury because he's had that lingering ankle injury, which he uh, injured in week one and then re-injured uh, in weeks five and six. Talking with Seren Petro, 810 WHB in Kansas City. Okay, Seren, uh, Matt Moore. I love Matt Moore because he's a journeyman backup quarterback and those guys are great and they hang around for a reason, usually because they're the best guys and everybody loves them. But the one thing that's really unique about Matt Moore is normally when you have a journeyman backup, they come in the game, they average six yards an attempt, they play it safe, they try not to turn it over. But when you look at Matt Moore's best games for his career, this guy can air it out. He can really throw the football. And we saw some of that, especially in the second half of the game against the Packers. Should Vikings fans be a little concerned because the pass defense has not been quite the same for the Vikings it has been in the past and Matt Moore when he's hot can make things happen yeah I think they should but I think it's Matt Moore as part of the whole Andy Reid passing offense right I think your point is a good one he's a good solid veteran journeyman's a great word I think he probably even you know I'm fortunate enough to get a chance to talk one-on-one with the quarterback every week and so for the last two weeks this week it was Matt Moore which to me is kind of another indicator about where they're going uh, with the quarterback position um, and, and, you know, he's a great guy to talk to, great sense of humor. He's very self-aware. He knows he's not Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. He knows where he's at in his career. He appreciates the opportunity. 
to not only get back into the league and get a bigger check than his volunteer high school coaching position uh, was going to pay him, uh, <laughs> but also get a chance to play on an offense that's this dynamic with a coach that really gets it. And you know, the numbers last week, 24-36, 267, two touchdowns, no INTs. You look at that you say, wow, that, that's a pretty damn good performance. And I think what you look, and it is, and, and Matt Moore made some plays, and there are things he can do. Uh, it is a damaged offensive line. Eric Fisher is not back at practice. Last week he came back, usually a, a, an injured player for the Chiefs will practice one week, not play, practice the second week, and then go. But he was held out of yesterday's practice, so I don't think they're going to get him back at left tackle, which is something they really need. Uh, they might get their left guard back. I don't think they're going to get their right guard back. So it's still a questionable offensive line. But the ability of Andy Reid to really work to the strengths of his quarterback and all his players and really – I call it scheme guys high school wide open. Yeah. You know, yeah. In, the game, in the game last week, you know, you line up against the Chiefs, and the Vikings will do this as well. Who don't you want to beat you? Uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. Those are the two guys. And he was able to, on the first touchdown, scheme Travis Kelsey so wide open that Matt Moore, with a little bit of a rush in front of him, could really just throw it up for grabs like a punt yes. and let Kelsey settle under the ball and catch it. And so – Matt Moore did a great job. His other touchdown pass was a shovel pass to McCole Hardman coming across, which was really kind of a variation of the same thing he did with Kelsey and get him to where he was running in space and really had one guy to beat. They, the guys blocked. Well, I don't want to take anything away from the other guys, but really at the end of the day, he needed to beat one guy for the touchdown, and it ends up going as like a 32-yard touchdown pass. And in reality, it's like about a two-foot toss <laughs> right. to McCole Hardman. So Andy Reid does a great job of making his quarterbacks look good. And so – the Chiefs are more like Alex Smith Chiefs, you know, a, a quarterback that's less dynamic. I think Matt Moore is willing to go downfield more than Alex Smith, but he's not as nearly the threat with his legs and, and not as accurate as Alex Smith was in, in some of the short things. So, yeah, there's they're still definitely an offense to be reckoned with. Uh, they're limited in the run. LaShawn McCoy's got fumble problems. Uh, and so a lot's going to be on that pass offense, and I think the Vikings need to be ready. Andy Reid's not going to come out and try to pound the rock 45 times. They're going to put it in the air. Uh, at least 30 times since so the past defense for the Vikings is going to need to be ready. Soren, I am always fascinated by Andy Reid because he's had such a great, successful career, no Super Bowls, which everyone talks about, and he's always gotten the most out of his quarterbacks. Even you mentioned Alex Smith and what a successful Kansas City career Alex Smith had and, and maybe above even his talent level because of Andy Reid and then getting the absolute most out of Patrick Mahomes. But then last week, it's fourth and three at the KC 40, and Andy Reid bafflingly chooses to give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones, and then they run the clock out on them. And I, I, I just, I feel like this—it's crazy that Andy Reid can be so smart and so good and so creative and so interesting offensively that everybody who plays with him succeeds. And then when it comes to the other parts of it, the game management and all that, it just seems to be this huge hole in Andy Reid's coaching ability and I'm I guess I'm surprised that it's never gotten fixed after watching last week and and just even in recent years that it's still the same problem it was in Philadelphia and and I I don't know how you guys feel about it there but it drives me crazy because I would like to see him win more with such a great career that he's had and I feel like he's holding himself back with some of the game management stuff so let me ask you a question name a bad game management situation he's had with Patrick Mahomes well, you would know better than me because you watch every right. game. Right, and a completely unfair question to put in front of somebody who doesn't cover the team every day, right? But my point is this. 
you know, if I said, well, name some Andy Reid clock management problems, people would say the Super Bowl with Donovan McNabb right. going down and not having urgency and needing two scores. It'd be the AFC divisional playoff game against the New England Patriots with Alex Smith again, down two scores and not getting down the field, taking six minutes to get down the field and score the touchdown. And, and, and what I would tell you is, you can't come up with one with Patrick Holmes. You know, people had a problem with his play call against, uh, who would it have been? I, I was it the, the Texans. I think it was the Texans. 32 seconds to go, one timeout, uh, two timeouts, excuse me, two timeouts. And he decides to drop back and throw the ball. Mahomes gets hit, sacked, fumbles. Uh, Texans get the ball. They punch in a touchdown. They take the lead before half. And Andy reads a moron for being aggressive, <laughs> mind yeah. you. Uh, and going for it. And I pointed out that in another game, he had 32 seconds and one timeout. And he went down and got a game-time field goal. That game was the AFC Championship game. And he had Patrick Mahomes. And nobody remembers that. right? He's somewhat a victim of this. I get what the perception is, but I don't think the perception's reality. Hmm. When you when you dig in every game, when a guy wins by 20, certainly his clock management. Well, it didn't matter there. You know, We don't necessarily give credit for what he did to win by 20, but it doesn't matter. Then we drill down to a game, the AFC Championship game. Well, that's D Ford's fault because he lined up offsides, which it is. But we don't shine a light on the fact that Andy Reid got down the field in 32 seconds to kick a chip shot field goal uh, to send the game into overtime against the New England Patriots. That that isn't remembered. Uh, if he had not moved the ball down the field and just lost by 14 points to the New England Patriots in that Super Bowl, nobody'd mention the clock management. If he doesn't get down the field and get a touchdown to cut it to seven against the New England Patriots in the divisional game. Nobody talk about it. The Patriots just, you know, slapped the Chiefs around and won by two touchdowns. He creates more of these close game situations. And in my opinion, the single biggest element is with second tier quarterbacks, not crappy quarterbacks, right? But second or I'd even say third tier quarterbacks. Listen, I'm a Syracuse guy, so I don't like having to say Donovan McNabb was really a product of Andy <laughs> Reid, but Donovan McNabb was a product of Andy Reid. He was a solid quarterback, but he fell off a cliff as soon as he left. He went to Washington and played with Mike Shanahan who, by the way, was no moron. And everyone says, well, he was old. He was washed up. Well, he wasn't. He was on pace for the most yards he was ever going to have in his career with the last year with Andy Reid. And then he falls apart uh, the next year with Mike Shanahan at age 33. We know you're not over the hill at 33. There was a difference between playing for Andy Reid and playing for anyone else. And Alex Smith is the same thing. And I talked a lot that I think Andy Reid's fault was being on board with paying Alex Smith $17 million a year. Mm -hmm. They're getting almost the same thing for 650 grand out of Matt Moore. <laughs> yeah. The cap and those kind of things is part of the riddle. But I, I believe that you will see a lot of stories written in somewhere in the next two or three years about how Andy Reid has finally figured out the clock. And in reality, he hasn't figured out the clock. He has a quarterback that will take the ball 27 yards downfield for the big completion to move the chains that you have to have to score in those late-time situations as opposed to run for three yards, burn nine seconds, and then have to you know come back and still face third and seven on a, on a hurry up, which is what I watched time and time and time again with Alex Smith. The quarterbacks have to be able to take the tight windows down the field. He has that guy, and I believe everybody will say he got better, when in reality where he got better was a better guy running the show. And it is a good point that you don't get a narrative like that about you unless you're in big games all the time because you won a bunch. Right. I mean, if you make one right. mistake, which a lot of coaches do, then it gets talked about forever because it was on national TV and everybody saw it. It does remind me a little bit of the Mike Zimmer only wants to run the ball 
narrative. Like, yeah. that, no, I don't think he only wants to run the ball. I think that they were up by three scores against Atlanta and decided to just run the clock out and make things easy on themselves. And then over the last four weeks, people just haven't mentioned it because they've been throwing it yeah. uh, a lot and, and having that explosiveness. So that's that's an interesting Listen, point in about pre- Andy Reid. Yeah, in previous years where Andy Reid has had Alex Smith and, and Donovan McNabb and even won with guys like A.J. Feely and Kevin Cobb, it made the league think. Listen, we got people in town that say, well, they got to sign Matt Moore to a multi-year deal. we got to have him here as the backup. I'm like, you don't. Andy Reid will make anybody right. look good. Do what the Patriots do. Sign $650,000 quarterbacks. Hope for the best. And in the worst-case scenario, your, your, your head coach will scheme offense for you. He has taken consistently a knife into a gunfight and won a lot. Mm-hmm. Last week against the Packers, he took a spoon into a gunfight <laughs> and had the Chiefs in range of winning the game against the Green Bay Packers. And so I think... I get the narrative. And listen, he should have gone for it on fourth down. I think yep. if he had it to do again, he would have gone for it on fourth down. I think he wants to believe. And that's that's one of the things I think Viking fans will see this week. The Chiefs are better defensively. Their blitz schemes are coming around. Their secondary has been surprisingly good. Uh, their young defensive tackles are starting to create some problems for other teams' running games. So they are a better defensive football team. Uh, I would say I would urge people to look at what they've done the last two weeks as opposed to what their overall numbers are because they're finally starting to get in a rhythm with first-year defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo. But I think Reed would, to do it over again, would, would go for it on mm-hmm. fourth down. But he didn't last week, and he was wrong for not doing it. All right, Seren, before we wrap up, how do you think this one plays out? Do you expect Kansas City to win? I, I think this one's kind of a coin flip. I think they've got a better chance in this one than they did against the Packers just because of the uh, consistency they've now got with Matt Moore. Uh, I also think that, uh, you know, he'll probably, I'm surprised he hasn't turned it over yet. There's probably a pick in there because he's not the most accurate. There's a lot of weaponry on that Chiefs offense. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid will scheme Tyreek Hill and or Travis Kelsey or Sammy Watkins wide open a couple of times. They will burn this Vikings defense and get a couple of big plays. If they get a special teams or defensive score, they absolutely win. If they don't, I think it's a field goal game either way. And for that, oh, what the hell, I'll take the home team to kick the field goal at the buzzer to get the win. I'll take the Chiefs. (laughs) There you go. Andy Reid manages the clock perfectly, sets up Kansas City for the game-winning field goal. I could see it. There you go. Uh, All right, Saran. I like that. I I appreciate your time. You do a great job, man, and uh, thanks for coming on. Matthew, you're the man. Thanks for having me, buddy. I appreciate it. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Seren Petro, S-O-R-E-N-P-E-T-R-O, from Sports Radio 810. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.